0: Hypercholesteremia, or FH, is an inherited disorder that leads to premature cardiovascular disease. It can cause heart attacks, strokes, and the narrowing of heart valves. In people with the condition, genetic mutations impair the ability of the liver to metabolize excess fats. While an estimated 1.3 million people in the United States have FH, only about 10% are ever diagnosed. We spoke to Catherine Willimon founder and CEO of the FH Foundation, about the condition, why so many people are undiagnosed, and why patients face significant barriers to getting access to a new class of promising drugs to treat the condition. Catherine, thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're going to talk about familial hypercholesterolemia, the large number of people who are undiagnosed with this condition, and the challenges patients are having getting access to potentially life-saving medicines. Let's start with the disease itself. What is familial hypercholesteremia? How common is it, and how is it diagnosed?
1: Well, it's actually very common. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to talk about familial hypercholesterolemia. The FH population around the world is approximately 30 million, and there are about 1.3 million people in the United States who are living with FH. It's a lot easier to say than familial hypercholesterolemia. That's about the same prevalence as type 1 diabetes, yet probably most of your listeners and most people have never heard of familial hypercholesterolemia. And unfortunately, this is reflected in the fact that 90% of people born with FH never receive an accurate diagnosis. So, it's a genetic disorder which inhibits the ability of the liver to actually break down LDL cholesterol. And it's a, therefore, the pathology it results in is very early and aggressive heart disease.
0: And is this simply diagnosed by checking cholesterol levels?
1: LDL cholesterol um, is a key component. People with FH have an LDL cholesterol usually of 190 and above as adults. And But also what you will see to diagnose FH clinically is that they have a family history. It's an autosomal g- dominant genetic condition. And so each first degree relative has a 50% chance of also having FH. So a strong family history of high cholesterol and early heart disease plus high LDL levels from very early on are um, the two most prominent signs that someone has FH. There are clinical criteria that involve other indications as well, and then people can take testing.
0: How does the disease manifest itself, and how are people treated?
1: The disease manifests itself as really early high cholesterol, but most people don't know they have high cholesterol in childhood, even though the American Association of Pediatrics actually recommends that children, all children between the ages of 9 and 11, get screened for high cholesterol in an effort to find this condition. And, and the second indication, unfortunately, is often a heart attack or a need for bypass surgery or some kind of intervention.
0: My understanding is that you have this condition. What was the diagnostic odyssey like for you? How did you become aware that that you had this?
1: When I was 15, I went to my doctor because I had swelling in my Achilles tendon um, around my ankles. And what I know now is that that is a classic sign of those who have a very severe form of familial hypercholesterolemia. And my doctor did a battery of tests, and one of the things that he discovered was that at 15, I had an LDL cholesterol level of 385. And he sent me to a rheumatologist and a variety of other things, and basically, um, the diagnosis was missed. So I knew I had high cholesterol, I knew I was at more risk for having heart disease, but I had no idea that I had a genetic condition and it wasn't until I had a heart attack at the age of 39 and then two years subsequent to that that I found a specialist who actually explained to me that I had a genetic condition and how vitally important it was that I have my children screened since each of them would have a 50% chance of also having inherited the condition. So I'm very lucky to have made it through and And again, that's not an unusual story, is that most people do not know they have this common condition until they already have progressed heart disease.
0: And is there a way to change that? Is there something about something doctors should be doing differently, or is this just a condition that's going to remain hidden until it's not?
1: You know, I think describing it as hidden is is a really spot-on description. I I like to say it's an invisible condition or this condition hiding in plain sight. Think of one in 250 people um, having it. It's so common, but somehow in textbooks, and we know this through our many conversations with physicians, um, they learned about the rare form, homozygous FH, where two parents have the condition and someone is born so severely impacted they have heart attacks five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, in their first decade and a half of life. And this happens, this occurs in about one in a million people. And unfortunately, I think that most physicians in the United States think of FH as this severe form that they will probably never see. And the work of the FH Foundation, which I started after I got a diagnosis and understood that my story was just one of many, um, our work as a research and advocacy organization is to collect data on familial hypercholesterolemia and share it with physicians so they can understand how common this is and how much they can do. That's the irony, unlike many genetic conditions. If this condition is found and treated early, you can normalize the risk. If someone is left untreated, men have a 50% chance of having a heart attack by the time they're 50. Women, a 30% chance of having a heart attack by the time they're 60. So um, it's... I think we need to empower physicians with um, a better understanding of this condition because they are all seeing it in their practices, whether they realize it or not.
0: How responsive are FH patients to traditional statin therapies?
1: Statins are the foundation of LDL lowering, and honestly, they have Increase the possibility of FH patients to live decades longer than their parents have um, before them. And we know this from data out of the Netherlands where they did have a very progressive program that was funded by the government to actually find FH patients and then cascade screen through their first and second degree relatives. And they identified about 70% of the FH patients In the Netherlands and over the last several decades, what we've seen is when statins were initiated early in life, which is really a key and pretty high dose statins, and then people stayed on them and then maybe added additional therapies later like ZEDIA and now there are even more therapies, that these people are outliving their parents without an event for two to three decades. And so that's, that's really amazing. And, and all the data points to the fact that we can almost normalize risk if we find people early and we lower their LDL significantly. If I may, the problem is, is that although statins are very important, um, they're not enough for many of the FH patients. FH is very heterogeneous. There are over 1,200 mutations that have been identified and so I have, for example, um, a null mutation. So I'm missing 50% of my LDL receptors. There are people who have a missense mutation, and they might have all of their receptors, but they just don't work as effectively and efficiently. So there's a whole spectrum of how severely people are impacted. And for many, many FH patients, they require statins plus additional therapy.
0: Uh, we've seen a, a new class of lipid lowering therapies come to market in recent years—the PCSK9 inhibitors. What do we know about these drugs, and, and where do they fit in with to patients with FH? Well,
1: it's interesting. So they fit in for many patients with FH in the in two ways. One is that. Most patients in the United States currently who have FH are not diagnosed until they already have coronary heart disease. And so at that point, those patients are at doubly high risk. And so it's imperative that their cholesterol is lowered as much as possible, as soon as possible. Um, so it's really great news and everyone in the familial hypercholesterolemia community was excited, very excited, to have another potent set of lipid-lowering therapies available to patients. PCSK9 inhibitors are a monoclonal antibody. They're given by injection once a month. They actually help um, upregulate the normal um, process of impeding degradation of the LDL receptor. So they basically help... Um, patients to be able to recycle their LDL cholesterol more, more effectively. And statins, on the other hand, actually, um, inhibit the synthesis of LDL cholesterol by the liver. And they work very synergistically together. For FH patients, this is great news because 50% reduction of LDL for someone who has a, a high cholesterol, let's say of 250, is, is not enough.
0: While these drugs are providing meaningful benefits to patients, they were introduced with heavy price tags, and and payers in many cases were denying coverage. What's what's happened?
1: You know, the FH Foundation has a large put together a large database of over two hundred million Americans. It's it's claims and and lab database. And what we saw, we actually did an analysis and published it in circulation last spring, was that it is a historic rate of rejection. It's about 62% of patients who are prescribed these new novel therapies, PCSK9 inhibitors, are rejected. And in our analysis, what we saw is those with presumed FH, given a very strict criteria, Were actually rejected about sixty three percent of time, so even a little bit more. I think you know, I'm I'm not. It's sad to me that when we have therapies that can genuinely help people, if the stakeholders at the table can't figure out a way to make sure that patients who really need them have access to them, and I think that's been the story with PCSK nine inhibitors. Is maybe there was some concern that these would be prescribed too broadly, but when we look at the analysis, even those patients at highest risk with ASCVD or with FH are being rejected at historic rates.
0: I I know there's been some action on the part of drug makers to address the pricing issues. Has has this had any meaningful impact yet?
1: You know, the FH Foundation is working with payers um, also to to share knowledge from our national registry about the characteristics of familial hypercluster population and how high the unmet need is. And we've had a little bit of success. And, you know, I'm hopeful that these negotiations, they'll find a middle path between them, again, to get these novel therapies to the patients that need them. We have seen little but very little movement thus far.
0: And do you think that's some acknowledgement on the part of drug makers that these drugs were overpriced?
1: Um, <laughs> you know I I'm I'm not sure. I I think that you know again I'll be happy if the patients who get the who need the therapies get them.
0: <laughs> what do you think it's going to do to to take to change the landscape?
1: Well, I think that I really, Daniel, I think it's curious. We talk a lot about prevention, and people are excited about the possibility of precision medicine when you look at the capabilities in terms of genomics and using artificial intelligence um, to be able to flag high-risk patients and understand before the onset of pathology who is at highest risk. and What is sad is if, you know, we can't find a way to navigate this opportunity for prevention. I mean, heart disease is the number one cause of morbidity and mortality in the United States and around most of the world. And so I am am sad to see money be the impediment or economics be an impediment to, um, us being, take, you know, I'm sad to see us take a short-term view as a, as a society because I really think that if we focused on the patients who could be helped and got them early preventative therapies that maybe we could actually save enough money to, to justify that type of proactive care.
0: Katherine Williman, founder and CEO of the FH Foundation. Katherine, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you.